Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. Come on in. Good morning, everybody. So happy to see you. My name's Danny. I have the great honor and privilege of being uh, one of the leaders here at Heartway, and this morning we had our newcomers breakfast, first one we've ever done, and it was awesome. If you were there, can we give a little hand clap for the fun time that we had? Our newcomers breakfast is a wonderful opportunity for people to get to learn a little bit about Heartway's vision and culture and theology and ethos. And so for everyone that came this morning, I'm very, very grateful that you were there and that I've already received so much positive feedback. We'll be doing more of these to come, but I shared a little bit about my story, how that intersects with Heartway's story. I talked about who we are, where we're going, all the fun stuff. So if you missed out, make sure you pay attention for the next one that's going to come, whenever that is. I don't know yet, but whenever it is, I want you to be there because it's going to be amazing I want to start out this morning by reading a passage of scripture from the Psalms. So check this out here. Psalm 65 and verse 8, it says, People all around the world are amazed and in awe at the wonderful things that you do. You, God, make all people, east and west, sing with joy. So the title of my message today is Awestruck and I don't want to look past this. There's a connection that's made in this scripture between being in a state of awe and amazement and also experiencing a sense of joy. And that's why what we're talking about this morning is extremely important because your joy is connected to your ability to live in a state of awe, in awe of God, in awe of life, in awe of yourself, in awe of the people that God has placed within your journey and on your path. I've been seeing on social media this video circulating. I don't know if you've seen it, about a chimp that was awestruck after going out in nature for the first time. He was in a cage for 28 years, and then he's put out in nature for the first time ever, and he looks up at the sky, and he looks around, and it is just mind-blowing to this beautiful little monkey. Check out this video if you haven't seen it. Isn't that beautiful? It's amazing. 
something like the sky can bring so much joy to a chimp that has never seen it before. You and I, you know, we walk outside our door and we see the beautiful sky and we see the trees and we see the flower and we see the grass and we don't be doing that. Why? Because we see it every day. We see it all the time. It's so familiar to us. And what happens when you become familiar with this beautiful life that God has given to you is that you begin to lose your sense of astonishment. You lose your ability to be amazed at life. And when you lose the capacity to be in awe, there's something in your spirit that begins to die on the inside. Your spiritual life takes a hit when you're no longer capable of looking out at life and being amazed. I love this beautiful uh, paragraph that I found in a book by a rabbi. His name is Abraham Joshua Heschel. Look at what he says about the spiritual life. He says, our goal should be to live life in radical amazement. Get up in the morning and look at the world in a way that takes nothing for granted. Everything is phenomenal. Everything is incredible. Never treat life casually. To be spiritual is to be amazed. You do realize in the morning when you do wake up and you walk outside of your home and you see all the life buzzing around you. Um, as far as we know right now so far, this is the only planet in our universe where that's possible. Because if you go to Mars or Jupiter or Pluto or Uranus, is that how you say it? <laughs> okay. You ain't going to see all this stuff. It really is amazing that we are here on this planet surrounded by all of this life. To be spiritual is to be amazed. To remain in that state comes... By living in the constant recognition that no two moments are ever the same. No two hours are ever alike. Every day is unique. It's exclusive. It's unrepeatable, which means it is extremely precious. But if in your mind you think it's just the same thing every day, if in your mind you have this whole life thing figured out, if in your mind you already know who that person is and how they're going to react, you already know what that experience is like, you've already got all the answers in your head. Now life is not going to surprise you anymore. And if you lose your capacity to be surprised, you're also going to lose your connection to joy. Life is a mystery. God is a mystery. You are a mystery. The people in your life are a mystery. Love is a mystery. Enjoy the mystery. The human journey is meant to be one of endless discovery. And it's sad that some of us actually think that we have all of the answers to this thing. I think when it comes to God, we say too much. Don't you think it's better to leave things more ambiguous than to act like you have it all figured out when it comes to God? When you leave it a mystery, it produces awe and wonder and curiosity and humility. But when you make it a belief system, it produces arrogance and self-righteousness and divisiveness. 
Let it be a mystery. Be in awe of the mystery that is life and God and reality and self. When you do that now, out of this state of awe arises a celebration for life. And you just start being happy because you realize what a miracle the whole thing is from beginning to end. You opening your eyes in the morning really is a miracle. And if this to you just kind of sounds like woo-woo or something, you're really missing out. But you have to put yourself in this state every day. Otherwise, familiarity takes over. Right? It's easy to have these high peak experiences where you, you are in awe of God. But then life happens and you're right back to the norm. And you forget. It's like Moses going up Mount Sinai to get the... Ten Commandments from God, he, he goes and he sees God and he experiences God and he hears God's voice and he has this holy, sacred moment. He even takes off his shoes because he realizes that he's standing on holy ground. As soon as he goes right back down the mountain, he gets angry at the people. He reverts back to his old ways. Now, all of a sudden, he's no longer on holy, sacred ground. we got to remember we're always walking on holy, sacred ground. What a gift. You know, for me, in the last uh, seven, eight months that I've been working at a children's hospital, I've seen more kids die over the last eight months than I thought I ever would in my entire life. And now when I see a little child anywhere, especially here at Hardway, miracle for me. Because I, I, I was there this last week with mom whose baby died and she's saying her final words like this. Purple lips, pale face. I mean, it's crazy. We don't see this. But when you're exposed to it every day and you see a little child running around, oh, you better believe. In my mind, it brings me so much. Oh, what a miracle. What a miracle. What a joy. It's incredible. But we have to choose. We have to choose to live in, in a state of awe. There's a passage of scripture in the Old Testament. You find this in several places that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And oftentimes when we read the word fear in the scriptures, we automatically associate that with like being afraid of God. But in reality, the word carries this connotation of being in awe. Awe is connected to reverence. Right? When you revere something or someone, there's so much respect that's there. There's honor that's present. So when you live in reverence of God, when you live in reverence of life, you don't dismiss people anymore. You don't disregard nature as if it was nothing. You, no, you honor God's handiwork. You honor what God has breathed out as a masterpiece. And if you've ever stood like on the top of a mountain... And you look at, have you anybody ever gone hiking and you've had a, a, a beautiful view from the top of a mountain or something? Or if you've been on a plane and you see out, out of the, the window of the plane and you see just so much beauty. Just nature in and of itself puts you in this state of awe where you're just shocked and amazed. Like, wow, look at how beautiful. To the point where you can't even utter words. Right? It's just this experience. Well, in the same way, when you stand in awe of God, it's like the, the line and the distinction between self and God, between self and nature, begins to blur. And now you just feel this deep sense of interconnectedness with everything around you. That is what becomes possible for us 
when we live in a state of radical amazement. To be spiritual is to be amazed. And what I've come to learn in my life is that when you stand in awe of God, people stand in awe of you. Because we become what we behold. We reflect that which we look at. So when you are beholding God's beauty, when you are constantly focusing on God's goodness and God's love, you begin to radiate that from the inside out. It becomes who you are. You become conformed into the image of that which you worship and admire and revere. There's a, there's a story in the book of Acts in the New Testament about a man named Stephen. And he had this radical encounter with Jesus, and he was telling people about it, and they didn't like what he was saying. They didn't like the message that he was uh, promoting to the world. And so these people literally wanted to kill this man, Stephen. And so they literally surrounded him, and they, they eventually stoned him to death. But before that happened, the scriptures say that the heavens opened, and he saw God. And he had this incredible vision Shortly after, when they began to throw stones at him, as he was dying, he entrusts his spirit to God. And the last words out of his mouth is, Father, don't, don't hold this sin against them. God, forgive them. And then he breathed his last. I remember the first time I ever read that, I was like, in awe. In, because it's one thing to read the story of Jesus doing that. And you know how we think Jesus is Superman. So it's like it doesn't count. The fact, the fact that we don't think Jesus is human. So when he's like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We're like, yeah, well, he's God. So, you know, that doesn't apply. It must be easy for you to do it. But this guy, this is just regular Joe Schmo disciple. And he's dying. And as he's dying, being stoned to death. The words that come forth from his mouth is, God, forgive them? That is, it's amazing. It's amazing. When you stand in awe of God, people begin to stand in awe of you because you reflect that beauty. You reflect that love. You reflect that goodness. The other day we were hanging out for 4th of July, a group of us from Hartway, and there was somebody there who doesn't come to Hartway and who isn't a part of the community. And as he was watching some of us just hanging out, it was like tears actually came to his eyes. And at one point he stopped us in the middle of our conversation. And he said, what you guys have here is so special. The way you love each other, the way you honor each other, the way you support each other. This is so real and so genuine. And then he said, you know, my cousin, uh, she's been going through tough times. And I've wondered how, how is she going to actually get through these tough times? But now that I see who she's surrounded with, I know she's going to be okay. This is beautiful. He was in awe of what he witnessed and experienced. And if you really want to make a difference, if you really want to make an impact in people's lives, if you really want to be a representation of God in this world, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. More than anything that you say, and what you say is very important too. But more than what you say, it's how you live. It's how you relate. It's how you live in community together that causes people to stand in awe. And so how can we live our lives in such a way that we, we, 
we are genuinely and consistently amazed. Because you can't fabricate this, right? It's either genuine or, or it's not. How can we live in a way that we're genuinely amazed? Again, it just comes back to simple choices that you make every day. And the first choice is to choose to be amazed at God's grace. The scriptures say that God's grace is sufficient. So God always gives us what we need exactly when we need it. And it is enough for you to keep you, to sustain you, to protect you, to empower you through whatever it is that you're going through. There have been times, especially as I lead this community, where I'm like, I don't know where the help's going to come from. I don't know where the money's going to come from. But by the grace of God, somehow, some way, we always have enough. There have been seasons in my life where I'm going through something crazy and I have no idea how I'm going to get through it. Some way, somehow, God supernaturally, by his grace, will give me the peace, will give me the strength, a peace that doesn't make sense. And I love saying it that way. Because there are times, you know, when the stuff hits the fan, people think you should be freaking out. And if you're not freaking out, something must be wrong with you. I went through that. I've been through that. You know, and, and that's when you just don't say words and you just continue to live. And over time, people begin to see the consistency because of the grace that has been given to you. You know, a lot of us associate grace with pardon. You know, when we hear the, the phrase, the grace of God, we think it has to do with pardon, forgiveness, God giving us mercy for all the bad things that we've done. And sure, it includes that, but grace is a lot more than pardon. Grace is also about power. Grace is the empowerment of God that is given to you so that you can do and be that which you would not be able to do and be had it not been for God's favor on your life. So it is grace from beginning to end. It is God's power that gets us through all of it. And it doesn't matter what you may be facing in life. You can count on the fact that grace will be there. Grace will meet you there. I was talking to somebody the other day at the hospital. And I know I'm always talking about that because that's, that's where I'm at every day. And plus, it gives me like fun stories to talk about. <laughs> so I was at the hospital. I was in the emergency room. I'm walking around, and I see this dude. He's like 75 years old. And there's a 70-year-old woman in the, you know, in the room on the bed, and she's not doing good. So I start talking to him. I introduce myself. He starts telling me about this woman. Is that your wife, I asked? No. Is it your girlfriend? No. She's just my friend. I said, well, tell me about your relationship. He starts talking to me about the fact that they've been living together for maybe 15 years. When he initially met this woman, she was homeless. He starts telling me about all of the ways that she was uh, getting abused and manipulated by other people because she has a lot of mental issues. And for some reason, he felt it in his heart to extend hospitality to this woman. And then he started telling me about his life and just, it was such a beautiful encounter. But after he talked to me for like an hour, which was fun, afterwards, I, I, I'm like, let's just rewind a little bit. I'm like, what made you want to take in this woman from the street into your home? Because that's crazy, y'all. 
And I love people, but I don't know if I would do that, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Sounds like, what would compel you to open up your home for this woman to come in, this homeless woman who lives from a cart from Publix? He looks at me dead in the face with no hesitancy. He just says, God told me. God told me to help this woman. Like, there's no question. At that point, I knew that I had to do this, and I did it. And Wow. So you know what I thought about immediately? thought about the fact that, you know, we, we work so hard to have a roof over our head, right? Because our greatest fear would be what? That we have to live out on the streets because we, we'd have no money coming in. We have nobody that we can uh, go to for a place of refuge. What would happen if I had to be on the street and we fear that worst case scenario so much? But when I hear a story like this, I think, oh, my God, even if I was homeless, I'm not planning on being homeless anytime soon. But even if I was homeless, you're telling me grace will be there, too, that God will provide for me there, too. That even if I don't have the mental capacity to take care of myself like that woman, God is still watching over me and he will lead and guide and direct my steps. What is there to be worried about, people? What is there to be worried about? God's got you. God will always provide. God wouldn't put you in it if he also were not going to give you the grace to get through it. You wouldn't be in it if you didn't have the grace to get through it. And each of us are uniquely graced to face the challenges that we're facing right now in your life. You are dealing with something that only you have the capacity to deal with in the way that you're going to deal with it. Because God has uniquely graced you for the challenges and the problems in your life. Trust me, you don't want my problems. And I don't want your problems. Because you're graced for your problems. I'm graced for my problems. But if I have these problems here in my life, I can live in the certainty that God is empowering me. God has given to me all the resources that I need to overcome, to get through. And when I think about my life, not only have I gone through it when, you know, the storm has come in my life, I've come out on the other side better because of it. Grace. And when you live in a state of awe as a result of God's grace in your life, oh, my God, it's just gratitude, 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 appreciation, appreciation. And you know what happens when you start living in gratitude and appreciation? It was like somebody yesterday, I was hanging out with somebody, and she was like, yeah, I want to get this, uh, this uh, driver, what do you call the tag in the back? The, the license plate, yeah, the license plate in the back of the car. <laughs> She's like, I want to get the, the license plate with the Miami Heat on it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't think I've ever seen it. On my car ride home, I saw five Miami Heat license plates. Do you think those license plates just now all of a sudden showed up? No. It's just that now I had it in my head and I was paying attention and I had the eyes to see and I noticed so when you start practicing gratitude and appreciation, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your provision. You start noticing and picking up on all the ways that he provides, 
all the gifts that he's given to you. And it's not just now that God's given you more than he was before. You're just waking up to the gifts that have been there the whole time. Grace is always present. Your very existence is the grace of God in action. Your very existence is the grace of God in action. And so be in awe of the grace of God and watch and see how your life will change. Another choice that's important for us to make is to choose to be in awe of God's love. To choose to be in awe of God's love. We live in a culture where everything is transactional and conditional. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's the only way really we know how to run society. But what can happen is we start to develop a warped sense of self because we live in a world where our worth is attached to what we produce and how well we can perform. So for a lot of people, you are only as good as what you have to offer me. So I will use you to get what I need and I will discard you when I no longer need you. And it's very easy when we're constantly surrounded by this because that's what the norm is to start questioning our own value and worth just because other people don't recognize value and worth in us. But how many of you know your value and worth is inherent? It's not something that is earned or gained by what you can do. This is something that is yours simply because you are alive. Because you have breath in your lungs, because your heart is beating, you have infinite worth and infinite value in the sight of God. That's why you are here. And so what would it look like for you to be able to stand in the fullness of your dignity, even if you had nothing to your name? Would you be capable of doing that in a world where, hey, you're completely and totally judged on the basis of what you have or don't have? If you had nothing, or let's not go to that extreme. Everybody has someone that surpasses them. So even if you have a lot, there's somebody that has more. Well, if you're in the room with somebody that has more, are you still able to stand in the fullness of your dignity even though you don't have what that person has? If you're a peasant, can you still stand in full dignity before a king? God will give you the power to do that because when your self-worth is rooted in God, you're not looking at those metrics anymore. Just because I don't have what you have doesn't mean I don't have the worth and I don't have the value because I'm not attaching my worth and value to material things. God loves me and that's all it is, really. That's where all the power comes from. See, people love you because of what you can do for them. God loves you simply for who you are. Isn't that so refreshing? Oh, my God. When you live in the reality of that, it changes how you show up in the world. Now I don't have to live for the approval and affirmation of other people. Now I can release myself of this burden of having to be something or someone that I'm not to be accepted by you. And I can just relax into who I am. That's where the power is, people. When you learn how to relax into who you are. Being yourself. Because who you are is enough. See, when you are secure in God's love for you, you don't become insecure when people dislike you. Because I know God accepts me, I'm, un- I'm okay if you reject me. 
because I know God loves me unconditionally, I don't have to live up to your standards and conditions and criteria for me. I am free to be who I am. God's love for me does not diminish or increase on the basis of my performance. So my worth is not attached to my performance. My worth is inherent because I am created in the image of God. My value is inherent because of who God says that I am. I'm a child of God. And that's enough. That's enough. So to stand in awe of God's love, you know what, sometimes it is good to just think a little bit about how screwed up we are. But to do that within the context of God's love. Because if you do that outside of the context of God's love, you, you, you know, it's not going to be good. You're going to go to a dark place. <laughs> You're going to feel really bad about yourself. And you start feeling shame and guilt, and it's not going to be good. But on the other side, it is good to think sometimes within that context of God's unconditional love of how screwed up and selfish and egocentric we are. And to think, God, you still love me? Wow, you still give me opportunities? You still open doors? You still see worth and value? Wait, in your eyes, it's as if I never did it? He, he says in the Psalms, the scriptures say in the Psalms, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed your sin from you. The scriptures even say in the book of Isaiah, God forgets your sins. You're the ones that keep bringing it back up. Right? Like you come. It's so funny. We'll do some people who still deal with the guilt complex. If you're not in the religiosity, you know, you can free yourself from that. But a lot of us, we still deal with the guilt complex with God. And it's like every time we mess up, oh, my God, I feel so guilty. And then you come running back to God. I was stuck in that cycle for years. Right. And so let's say you, you, you did something wrong. You messed up and you come to God and you just feel so bad. Why? Because you're thinking about all the hundred other times before this that you told God, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go back to him. I'm not going to do this, that or the other, whatever. And then here I am again, God, and I messed up and I feel so bad and guilty and ashamed. And God's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so you come to God and it's the first time every time. You don't got to come to God with all your baggage and be like, oh, I look at how horrible my life has been all of these years. And will you still accept me and embrace me and love me? I know that. No, no, no. Every time you come to God with some sort of sin, it's like the first time. And then from there, it's over and done with. It's gone. It's you that remember and condemn yourself, not God. So it's like, wow, God, you love me so much. You, your love is that powerful. Your love is that amazing. And then you start living in love. And you start walking in love and you you will be amazed at how much love comes right back to you. The more you give it, the more you'll get it. If you're looking for love, just start giving it. And you'll start seeing the people in your life will begin to shift and change. The blessings will just keep on being poured out to you because now you're like they say in some circles, you're in that frequency. You're tuned into the right channel. And all the, oh, yeah, somebody said, oh, snap, we're getting real spiritual. <laughs> yeah, you're tuned into the frequency, right? You're on the right channel, so now you're picking up. And then, you, and then again, you start to notice all the ways that God has been loving you this whole time. You notice the little ways that people love you. It's funny because uh, our wonderful Ilsa, who is Cliff's um, wife, and she's been leading here at Heartway since, really, since our inception, 
Cliff and Ilsa are just incredible. I love you guys tremendously and everything that you've done for our community. And what I admire about Cliff is he's like, hey, bro, look, like, I'm here for you. You know, like, I'm, like literally, I'm here for you. So if you need me, like, you can talk to me and have a safe space with me. It's meant so much. And I love that one time I was talking to Ilsa, and I said, uh, I, I was saying bye to her, and I was like, okay, I love you. And she, you know, she always says, I love you more, because her last name is Moore. So, you know, they like to be cheesy with that. I think it's cute. But one time she said to me, she's like, I love you more than you know. And she gave me these eyes, and I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, actually, wow, I wonder, you know, maybe how much I'm not aware of how much she loves me. You know, she's like, I love you more than you know. You know, sometimes we don't, we, don't, we don't pick up on the love that's already there. But then when you tune your antenna, you start recognizing the ways that people really do love you so much beyond what you even know. Right? Like with my parents, I've had that experience too. Later on in life, as you grow older, you look back, you're like, oh, man, they love me a lot more than I know. <laughs> they love me a lot more than I appreciated. But once you start tuning in and walking in that love, you start to notice. You start to notice. You don't take for granted anymore the love that has been there the whole time. Choose to be in awe of God's love. And then last but not least, how do we live a life of radical amazement? You choose to be in awe of God's timing. God's timing is perfect, everybody. God's timing is perfect. Just keep saying that to yourself. Your timing is perfect. Your timing is perfect. Your timing is perfect. God is able to see things that you cannot see. God is not bound by past, present, future. God sees all, knows all. If you could see what God sees, you would choose what God chooses for you. Of course, we cannot see what God sees. So oftentimes, we don't stand in awe of God's timing. We're frustrated by God's timing because we want it to happen now. And I think in my life, I go, oh, my God, I'm, I'm happy some things didn't happen in my timing. Because if that huge opportunity would have been given to me three years ago, there would have been people in my circle that I would have brought into a sphere of influence who were really not trustworthy. So I'm thankful that it didn't happen in my timing. I trust God's timing. With God, there is an appointed time for everything. So when you learn how to trust God's timing, eventually you'll begin to see the beauty of it after it scares you. Because <laughs> at first it'll scare you. Be like, wait, God, I'm, I know I'm waiting on your timing, but uh, time's running out. <laughs> like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, some of y'all women, I know how to, where's my husband? <laughs> I'm waiting. God, what's, go what's going on with your timing, okay? <laughs> I hear what y'all be saying before service. It's hilarious. And we're, wa we're waiting. You know, it's hard. It's hard to wait on God's timing, but God's timing is... It's perfect. And when you start paying attention to how God is arranging all the pieces of the puzzle, it really will bring you to a state of radical amazement. Because it's perfect alignment, always. It's perfect alignment, always. Okay? Last week or two weeks ago, I had jury duty. 
All right. Wah, wah, wah. Who wants to go to jury duty? You know, actually, there was a couple of people on Instagram because I ended up posting about jury duty. I'll tell you why. There's, I had a couple of people on Instagram that were like, am I the only one that gets excited about actually being selected to the juror? I'm like, yes. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Somebody literally wrote me that. So I had jury duty. Uh, you know, I wasn't very excited about it. The night before, I was hanging out with our kids ministry director and um, our operations leader, Melody. Many of you know her, wonderful Melody. And I told her, yeah, I have jury duty tomorrow. And Melody says to me, she goes, oh, my God, Daniel, because she likes to say that. She goes, she goes, oh, my God, Daniel, who's God going to bring to you tomorrow at jury duty? Who are you going to meet? So exciting. And I'm just like, bruh. Like, the funny thing about it is, the funny thing about it is, on the one hand, like, yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it because... I'm open. I, I'm, I'm excited to see who's God's going to bring. You're just a little too excited. You're a little more excited than me. But I'm glad that, you know, I got this energy around me. So the next morning, I was already planning on doing it. This helped even more. When I wake up for jury duty in the morning, all right, God, who am I going to see? Who am I going to meet? What's going to happen? Let's see what this beautiful day holds for me. You start from that approach. You start from that assumption. And then God meets you there. So I go, sign up for jury duty. As soon as I walk in, I see someone far away that I know. A guy who owns Cali Coffee here. Then I walk in. I sit down. A couple minutes later, I see another one of my buddies who owns a gym in Fort Lauderdale. This guy knows the coffee shop guy. They both know me. We see each other. Hey, oh my God, this is great. We sit next to each other. And it was like four hours, felt like five minutes. And I get to listen to these businessmen talking about how they're leading their organizations. And I'm writing notes secretly on the inside, you know, learning from them. And they're asking me about Hartway. And I get to share with them what we're doing. And then we take a selfie together. And it was just such a fun time to connect with people that otherwise let me be honest I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna hang out with these guys probably because they're not that kind of friends but if life puts us together and we're in the same room for four hours I'm gonna enjoy your presence and it's gonna be a great time and can you believe that God redeemed jury duty for me in that way <laughs> right it's a God's time it's perfect and how crazy that we would be there, like at the same time Last week, I was in Atlanta for this conference, and I was talking a little bit about my work in chaplaincy, providing spiritual care, so on and so forth. And the second day that I was there, it's lunchtime. We're in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. All right, downtown Atlanta. There's just millions of people all over. Well, happens to be that I walk out to go find lunch, and I'm by myself which was rare because I like to take advantage when I'm out of town at events like this to actually really network. I don't know what it was. I just got lunch by myself. So I left the building. I was going to go walk around downtown to look for a restaurant. Soon as I walk out of the building, I see this dude who I know as a mutual friend of another friend of mine. This guy lives in California. He lives in California. I haven't seen him in years we went to Hawaii like six years ago. After that trip, never seen him. We've just 
maybe talked on the phone a couple times, and uh, I've seen them on Instagram. Here we are six years later. I walk out, and in Atlanta, not even the city where he lives, not even a city where I live in Atlanta, downtown, while I'm at a random conference, I walk out, and I'm like, Steve, is that you? Oh, my God, what's going on? Give him a big hug. We start talking. What are you doing? What are you doing? We start FaceTiming our friend Anthony. He's like, do you see this? Like, look at how, can you believe that this is happening right now? Like, what is this universe? What's going on? And after that, I was just, in, I was so amazed at the timing of, I know for you this means nothing, but for me, I was just like, whoa, this is incredible. This is like, what are the odds? What are the odds? What are the odds? That's what was going through my mind. What are the odds that... I walked out at the same time that he's walking by, and we meet right here in a city that none of us live in. And, I, and I'm there for a random reason. God's timing is so perfect. Right? Like, and then the way God does it with relationships, because this is just one little funny example. It's not really serious, but you think about it. The people that God, this whole thing is about relationships, by the way. The whole is all about who you know and who you're connected to. And to think about, God, you put me here so that I can meet this person and so that this person can introduce me to that person. And then that person opened up this opportunity so that I can walk through that door and make this impact. Whoa! How awesome is God's timing? How incredible is God's timing? So every day you wake up, how do you choose to be in awe of God's timing? You just walk in the assumption that your steps are being ordered. God, every appointment that I have today is a divine appointment. God, there are no accidents. So I'm going to have my eyes open and peeled, ready to see all the ways that you're speaking to me and leading me and guiding me. There are no mistakes in in my world. There is nowhere I'm going to be today that I'm not supposed to be. There's nothing that I go through today that I'm not supposed to be going through. Your timing is perfect and impeccable, and I will stand in awe and in amazement of what you're doing. And if you're having a hard time doing that in the present moment on the, fl- on the go, just take some time to reflect and look back at your life and all of the ways God's timing has proven itself to be so perfectly aligned. Look back, remember, and generate some faith and gratitude so that you can begin to see now what's already happening. He's already moving the pieces of the puzzle together to create a beautiful story for you. So I don't know about you guys. I'm going to choose to be amazed, even by the little things. When I see my little doggy, you know, getting all happy and playing with her toy and jumping on people when they come over my house, and I'm amazed. Why are you amazed? It's just a dog. No, it's never just a dog to me. Wow, look at, if you park and there's a beautiful tree right in front of you, be amazed at the tree. Why? It's just a tree. No, it's never just a tree. When you're with another human, Be amazed at their humanity. You know how complex of a creature you are? How incredible it is to be human? And when you stand before C.S. Lewis, a very famous Christian writer, he says, you're never just talking to to a mortal. You're, You're walking before gods. You're walking before gods. Be in awe. Be amazed at the people that God places in your life because there's, there's nothing mundane and normal about it. And if life has become so normal and mundane that it's just average and familiar to you, you are missing out. You better just like punch, slap yourself or something and start getting amazed. 
Get amazed at how incredible God is. And guess what? You, let's say you don't have anything you can think of right now that I can be amazed of. Look around you. Be amazed at this. Because this is so rare and unique to be able to have a spiritual community like this that upholds the values that we uphold and that is able to bring people together in the way that we're able to bring people together. Heartway is a miracle to be amazed by. So I thank each and every one of you for being a part of it. I love you guys. Thank you for today. Let's pray. God, we stand in awe of your beauty, your love, your grace, your timing. Everything so perfectly aligned. Help us to look out at life through the lens of awe and wonder and curiosity, never to become familiar with this beautiful masterpiece called life. Help us, God, to stay amazed, to never think we have it all figured out, to leave room for ambiguity and mystery. And to know that you are with us every step of the way. We're amazed. We're in awe. And we choose to carry this and embody this with us every single day of our lives. Because we don't want to miss out on one gift. Not one. We praise you, God. We thank you. We worship you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for being with us. Another awesome Sunday. Love you tremendously. See you next week.